passengers, may I have your attention, please? Take your seats and secure your seatbelt. The ride you're about to take will be unlike anything you've ever experienced before. They are the mics on mics, and this is Drive-By. Welcome, welcome. I am Mike J. He is Mike Guest. We are the mics on mics, and this is the best wrestling podcast you haven't heard of until now. So, a little bit of the old one, a little bit of the new one this week. Like, you tried a whole new one last week. This week, you started with the old (laughs) thing and ended with the new thing, but while remaining with the old energy. (sighs) Well, the... the, Didn't like that energy level. Didn't like that new voice, huh? I don't... The new last week, I was actually referring to our voiceover, the 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 lovely Tina. Oh, I always think like I thought that I was giving the intro last week with the normal enthusiasm because I was at home, but everyone was awake, so I didn't have to be quiet. Uh, still came off a little different. I don't know why. I can't explain it. Maybe it was the recording area I was using. Uh, behind the curtain, I was under a blanket in my bedroom because my bedroom has high ceilings and everything reverb, re, yeah, reverb, bounces around, recording shit. You know how that goes, Mike. And was trying to muffle that. Maybe that was why. I don't know. I don't even remember what I said last week. I'm trying things, Mike. What do you want from me? I, nothing, man. You're doing great, bud. Keep doing you. <laughs> Speaking of trying things. Uh, we'll, we'll actually talk about some successful things this week. Mike, it is WrestleMania week. If you are listening to this show, the day that it comes out, you're listening to it possibly hours before night one of WrestleMania. I know normally we talk a little news and then we go into NXT and AEW and the Wednesday night wrestling that is no longer happening anymore. Uh, we're not doing any of that. Because we're going to focus solely on WrestleMania week, which we're going to start, man, with NXT standing the liver. AEW is just going to have to take a back seat this week because, well, it's it's WWE's time. Let's and be real. Time in the sunshine. They're probably going to have to take a back seat next week, too. <laughs> yeah, because we're going to have to talk WrestleMania Fallout. We're going to have to talk, hopefully, a... Super fun raw after mania, like they generally Be- tend Be- to be, right? Be- Becky Lynch, just saying it, just throwing it out there mm-hmm. right now. Becky Lynch, it it has been Nick Khan. He's a I can't remember his official title, but he's a big wig, a newly hired and placed big wig in WWE. Uh, he recently said, recently I mean like a couple days ago, as of this recording, that both Becky Lynch. And Ronda Rousey will be returning in the not-so-distant future, is I believe how he put it. So there's that. Which, hey, I'm excited about. Give, give me all of that goodness. I miss both of them terribly. Now, if we could just get John Cena back, I'd be pretty happy. It's weird not having John Cena. Uh, on a WrestleMania, like, build up like this it's just it doesn't feel right it's weird to think his last match was last year 
And it was the Firefly Funhouse, which, as you decided, or as you described the last time we discussed this, isn't really, wasn't really necessarily a match even. Uh, was a very well put together career exploration work. of the history, yes, of John Cena's career, yes. Uh, man, weird, and I miss him. And if you're following nerd news, which I know you do, he's uh, gotten his character in the Justice League, or I'm sorry, in the Suicide Squad, is getting its own show on HBO Max. So, is he done? Like, uh, is there no chance that he takes that last bottle of beer off the wall, Mike? Um, man. I don't know, dude. I don't know at this point. I hope not. He still, I know that Cena probably still has plenty of tread on the tires when it comes to pro wrestling, even if it's just on a part-time basis. But this dude is just becoming, I mean, let's be real, he's becoming the next rock, right? He really is. He really is, man. Which is awesome for him. I think it's awesome as a fan of pro wrestling to see that happen. Uh, it's also one of those things where it's kind of bittersweet because, you know, he's not going to play in your sandbox as much anymore. Well, it does. It makes, like, every little appearance just mean so much now at this point. Yeah, that, that that's a very, very true, honest take. Uh, speaking of take, take over. Let, let's get into it because we yeah. got a lot to talk about, Mike. We do. We'll start, we'll start with the order they went. Take over, stand and deliver night one. And if you notice, they added some more seats to the Capitol Wrestling Center. There was a decent sized crowd. I don't know what the total count was, but it was good to hear some crowd sounds. I know they were still playing some piped in sounds. I saw people have an issue with that. I didn't because I understand, especially in a space like that, when you're still limiting the people. If they're not up and cheering, then it gets pretty quiet, and you don't want that, especially on your biggest, or what should be considered one of your biggest shows of the year, right? So Correct. let's just keep the energy level up. The fans chanted. That's where it made the most difference. They cheered. It was fun, and it has me so excited to hear a, what are they saying, thirty to eight, 38,000 people in Tampa? Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm very excited. Is, is it possible that we get wrestling boners when we hear the crowd? I'm going to. I'm pretty sure I am too, man. I'm not even going to lie about it. But uh, take over night one. Yeah, it's funny. So it's like, gotta... I'm not even like really watching WrestleMania on... Like, I'm dual screening it. And right. I'm, I'm like unsanctioned pros running an all-day event. And... That that's going on the big TV, and then we're putting Mania on a small TV next to it. Hey man, you'll still you'll still get the. I think for that opening crowd roar though, like I'm gonna have to like. Yeah, you have to take the sound in, man. Hey you guys, have to. we gotta listen to this, like. Yeah. Yep, a hundred percent. I'm totally with you there. So, takeover opened. Night one, pre-show match. We got Tony Storm versus Zoe Stark. It was so nice. Again, I have in my notes, so nice to hear a live crowd. 
And it sounds so good. And I wrote exactly what I just said. More punt for WrestleMania. This was a super fun match. I actually wrote fantastic match in my notes. Uh, and a perfect way to kick off the takeover, the two-night takeover event. I kind of thought when I did our picks, which, guys, the winners will be on next week's show. It, I just, this being a midweek pay-per-view and my work schedule and our recording schedule, there was no way I was going to calculate that, get the winner notified, get all that recorded. It ain't happening. So it'll be next week. Uh, but yeah, man, I have here... Zoe's a huge star and gets a huge win. Like, I picked Tony Storm in our picks because I just thought Zoe's been getting these really good matches but getting pinned. And in my head, I thought she's probably going to eat another L because it's not going to hurt her. Because in my heart, I thought Tony Storm really needs a win. But I gave it to Zoe. She does. Tony Storm needs a win like someone we're going to talk about later. And I it almost, you know, it's this time of year, too, where you start to think, even more so than any other takeover, who's 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 moving a brand, moving across, we'll say across, to, to the red or blue, blue brand, right? Like, Tony Storm, it makes you wonder, you know? They haven't put the title on her. I totally get EO being there and being a fantastic champion, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But you you think like is it Tony time elsewhere? Because I feel like they could still build around her in NXT for sure, it's and Tony maybe it's time. just not her time right now. It's Tony uh, time, yeah. <laughs> that should be her new theme song when she changes gimmicks. Because she goes back, babyface. <laughs> Goes back, baby face. Gimmick becomes she's like a 70s disco dancer. It's Tony Town. It's Tony Town. Yeah. Hey, as long as she's on my screen, I'm good with any of it. But yeah, what did you think of this match? Did you, I'll actually rephrase that. Did you see this match? Because it was in the pre show, and I'm not sure if you saw it. I'm going to quote one of the greatest American actors, Al Pacino. I'm a, uh, in one of my, maybe like one of my top five favorite movies of all time, Heat. This is in regards to you and Tony Storm. <laughs> Al Pacino, he says to this guy, he goes, this guy's like, I don't know what, what, what I was thinking. He goes, she has a great ass and your head is stuck all the way up it. Um, <laughs> no, I didn't see this match. <laughs> okay. Well, it, 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 again, it, it's, it's the, we're making Zoe Stark a star. I, I'm all for that. I'm pretty high on her right now. She's quickly becoming one of my favorites. Wait a minute. Wait I'm, a minute. Tony Storm. Zoe Stark. Tony Stark. Mm. Ooh. If they Wait ever a become a tag team, they have to call themselves Iron Man, or Iron the Iron <laughs> the Iron Women, or Tony Stark, or something, man. And then Marvel could see I, them. I am all in for that, Mike. That sounds absolutely fantastic. Uh, so let's throw in main card. We kick the night off with Pete Dunne and Kushida. Ah. Uh, I, I'm almost in shock that that's what opens, but also 
So glad that it did. Wish they would have got a little more time. But this match had smart counters, smart wrestling, technical wrestling. These guys might be two of the best at that in the world right now. And according to this match, since done one, I guess he's the best in the world, right? Okay. This is the next guy we were going to talk about that needs a fucking win. Kushida? Yeah. Uh... It's weird because I felt like they were going to definitely do something with him and Johnny and this North American title. And I really thought he was going to win that North American title. And I wonder... If he was, and then just, you know, plans change, pal. Something happened, they went another direction. I don't know, man. I just, I watch it, and I'm like, hey, this dude is a really big fucking signing, right? Mm-hmm. You guys might want to make the most of this. I mean, track record with outstanding Japanese talent starting to look <laughs> a little sus. Uh, yeah, yes, yes and no. There's arguments. I feel like Kushida definitely, I mean, he could definitely hold, at worst, a North American title, you, you know? And, and I feel there's still time for that to happen. I just, maybe maybe we go there sooner rather than later. Dunn is, Dun is someone that I think should be in the world title picture, for sure. Same... So maybe this is just, let's reestablish done, because we're going to have to rebuild that uh, title picture, which we will talk about also in a little while. Uh, so, um, I, I like this match. I thought it was very, very good. Uh, we're going to pick our favorite match of the night for each night here as we go forward. Uh, so then we move from that into Walter versus Champa. Mike. Bro. Bro. Um, okay, so do you remember the match Walter had with, uh, I believe his name's Dragonov a couple months ago? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, as I watched this match, I was reminded of something that Jim Cornette said after that last Walter match. And he said, this is what modern pro wrestling could have been had it not been taken over by spot monkeys and comedians. <laughs> And here's the thing, man. He's fucking right. <sighs> yeah. You know, man, this match was so damn good. I, I was watching this match in awe. Is that, I mean, I think that's a very fair statement, right? Like, I was absolutely in awe of this match. I I think these two dudes, I have in my notes here. Let me see. Where is it at? I put in my notes two dudes beating the ever-loving fuck out of each other. And then I just put in ca all caps, amazing. Oh, dude, that's it was this, amazing. <laughs> these two guys beat the hell out of each other and I'm going to put a lot of stress on what I'm about to say next told a story actually stand and deliver as a whole told a story almost every match had 
like your typical what should be done storytelling in pro wrestling. They just told it in different ways. But this was the story of this monster fighting, you know, Champa fighting this monster who's he's outweighed, he's shorter than, you know, they're doing this tale of the tape, they're making it known. And then we get the spot where Champa chops through the freaking table, right? Oh my god. And then, dude, or I'm sorry, when Walter, Walter chops through the table, and then he's selling the hand. Talk about that for a second. <laughs> and like, don't get me wrong, I know it was a gimmicked table, right? Right, right. But like, holy shit, what a way to fucking sell this motherfucker, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what an absolute way to sell this motherfucker. And, and to go through the match, like, you start to paint this picture that his strength is in his hands, and obviously in his chop hand is where his the majority of his strength is, and he's limited. It's hurting him as he does certain moves. He tries to chop with it, and he doesn't have the power. But then let's continue... He then, to the finish of the match, Mike, he chops Ciampa for a pin. How great is that? Like, I, I know it seems kind of crazy, and I know some people are like, oh, it was come on. Amazing but like, let's be real. It was amazing. Yes. First of all, he chopped his fucking soul out of him. It, he didn't just, uh, yeah. he didn't just <laughs> chop him, okay? He chopped him, it was like in fucking Endgame, when fucking uh, the Hulk goes to talk to the Ancient One, and she like right. does the thing, and like hits the Hulk, and Bruce Banner flies out from behind him, like in like the spectral form, that was right. what this was. He slapped That's this man's exactly. fucking soul out of his body. Like, don't just call this a fucking chop. <laughs> Yeah, incredible, incredible. I and I really do. I love Champa. I I love Walter. Walter is someone who's making me fall in love with this style that he has. I kind of. I mean, it's a very old school style, right? And something that I think has kind of gone by the wayside in American wrestling. I think you would agree with that. But is bring he's bringing it to a new bigger audience, and I think people are loving it. I, I right, people are loving it. Oh, they fucking are loving the shit out of this. Like, could you imagine Walter versus Brock? Walter versus dude, Walter versus Brock. Um, like Walter versus Samoa Joe. Walter versus. Drew McIntyre or Sheamus, right? I mean, Sheamus. I mean, fuck. Or, or I'll even throw it out there: Walter versus Roman or Braun. I mean, just these behemoths colliding. I, I would love to see it. I don't know. I know he's pretty proud of the UK brand and he wants to represent it. I have also heard the rumors he really doesn't want to live in America. I don't blame him. Uh, so, will we ever see it? I don't know. But man. I really, really hope so. Uh, in the notes, I somehow skipped the uh, Gauntlet Eliminator. 
and I don't know, I didn't take any notes. <laughs> I don't know how I did that. There was points in time where I was getting into things and forgetting to write things down. Uh, Bronson Reed won. It was a fun match. I really enjoyed it. I think it was one of those matches where nobody that lost looked bad, if that makes sense. Oh, uh, no, everyone, man. Was, everyone looked great. I know exactly what you mean. Everyone got their stuff in, and no one looked weak. Uh, you know, L.A. Knight doesn't look like less of the person because he won the Battle Royal, didn't win the match, and came in last. It's Everyone still looked good. Looked like we might be setting up a feud with him and uh, Dexter Loomis coming out of this. Uh, Bronson Reed won and moves on to the next night's challenge. Johnny, which we will get to shortly. Uh, tag title match, man. We have vacant tag titles. MSK versus the Grizzled Young Vets versus Legato del El Fantasmo. This was a fun match, man. This was has some of the stuff that kind of drives me nuts with the AEW tag matches. A little bit. But it's also easier to forgive when it's a triple threat. You know what I mean? This was the most AEW match I've <laughs> ever seen on NXT TV. On NXT, yeah. Uh, but like I said, since there was three teams and it's technically a triple threat, it's probably you have to give a little more leeway, I guess. But man, this is a super fun match. I wrote crazy flips, kicks, slaps of the legs. Super fun match. And the MSK push continues as they are crowned the new NXT Tag Team Champions. What do you think of that, Mike? What do you think of this team, known as the Rascals and Impact, coming in and they're doing what people criticize WWE of not doing and taking a hot new signing and just pushing them right off the bat? And, I mean, I like it. I mean, I think it's pretty cool. I really do. Um, they've been a pretty hot tag team for a while now. I think it, they've got a lot of momentum coming into NXT, so it was a good idea to do this. Yep, just keep riding it. And to be honest, with all the interviews you see of them, even the kayfabe as they're, as they're there in their personas, they seem like two good dudes who really worked hard for this and dreamed of being in this company, so I'm super happy for them. And I hope the momentum continues for them. All right, our main event, Mike. Miss TPE herself, Io Shirai, our champion, versus Raquel Gonzalez. That's so funny, man. What her, her fucking entrance is so, first of all, is so fucking dope. Um, it is. And, and, like, as soon as she came out, that was my first thought. I was just sitting there like, TPE right there. That's TPE. <laughs> and, and here's the thing, man. A fantastic match between these two. Raquel Gonzalez has grown so much as a performer and a worker. I understand 100% why they put the title on her. Yeah, I, no, I, I get it. I hate to see Io's reign come to an end. Yeah, man, it's that be being said. disappointing seeing her being in, forced into a tag team with Asuka on the main roster because they're both Asian, but... <laughs> I don't know that that's going to happen. No. I, I really don't. I, I know that... All must be sacrificed for the glory of the four. Tri Triple H said people always see these road bumps come up in someone's career in NXT and they think automatically that means they're going away and going to another brand and that's not necessarily the case. He said this in regards to Io Shirai and he said that her body of work 
uh, proves that she's worthy of challenging for that title at any time. And if that's what she wants to do, she can do that. So I don't know what that means. I know Triple H tries to be honest and also tries to kayfabe in these, at, you know, after event interviews. So we'll see, man. But we have a new NXT Women's Champion in Raquel Gonzalez. Uh, I thought this was a fantastic match. Probably, I don't know if I'd even say, yeah, probably my second favorite match of the night. Uh, what do you, what, I, okay, match of the night. Walter Champa, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Walter, yes. Fuck yes. There's like, I mean, out of all, <laughs> there's a bunch of great matches, like, right? But like, no, I'm sorry. This match was pro fucking wrestling. Yeah, yeah, all the way. Uh, I, you, I, in all reality, even though the, I, I mean, they were all great. Every match was great. It's hard to even rank the other ones. But personally, for me, night one, I'd probably say, you know, Walter Champa, my favorite. Io Raquel second, and then Dunn Kashida after that, and then the tag and the Gauntlet Eliminator, but none of them were bad. They were all good. This was night one to me was a Dave Meltzer five and a half star, Mike. He gave it five and a half. <laughs> and I'm just saying that. Oh. <laughs> oh, I was like really excited. Because it would have like, been seven stars was, if it was in the Tokyo. I was then. like, no fucking way. Did the world just like, what's that? What? Hmm. <laughs> no, if we got time, I actually got uh, at least one note on that that I want to bring to you a little bit later. Uh, let's go ahead and take a quick break and come back and talk about night two. Hang tight. We will be right back. All right, Lord Ketchum, what's your favorite line from a Star Wars movie? Man, why, why you gotta put me on the spot like that? Man, no, time? come on, tell me a line from your favorite Star Wars movie. Yeah, quick, quick. Use it doesn't force. matter Use what your force. favorite line from a Star Wars movie is. It is. It does. It isn't. Guys, pull over. Well, hey there. We were so busy arguing that we almost passed right by you. Hey, you like movies, don't you? No, wait, wait. You love movies, right? Why don't you join me? The Lord Ketchum. And me, Dave King of the Road. And me, the Mayor Matt Logson, every other Tuesday. <laughs> typically every other Tuesday. Yeah, okay, so join us typically every other Tuesday on Nostalgia Highway, the movies you know from the guys you don't, the No Frills Movie Review Podcast. We bring our own unique and in-depth analysis of your and our favorite movies from yesteryear. We may argue. We will f***ing cuss. We absolutely will spoil key scene reveals and plot points. Because we only review movies that are 15 years or older. Typically, we review movies that are 15 years or older. Yeah, typically. Hey, who's making the rules anyway? We better get a move on, fellas. I'm sure there's other hitchhikers that are wandering along the highway waiting for us. You're right. You can catch Nostalgia Highway typically every other Tuesday. On Apple and Google Podcasts. As well as Spotify, Breaker, and where all the other popular podcasts are. But you can also find us on Facebook at Nostalgia Highway Podcast, and our Twitter handle is at HighwayNHP. We'll pick you up next time, out on the highway. Breaking hearts and breaking kayfabe. It's the Mike's on Mike and the Drive-By Wrestling Podcast. Pre-show for night two, Mike. We'll just briefly go into it. Breezongo took on Dane, uh, Killian Dane, and Drake Maverick. Breezongo came out dressed as pirates. 
which was fucking awesome. Uh, really cashing in on his Tampa Bay Buccaneer thing, we are. Uh, are we are. Uh, I really enjoyed the dynamic between Killian Dane and Drake Maverick. It's that oddball tag team. I also really enjoy how Killian Dane uses Drake Maverick as a weapon in the matches. Picking him up and throwing him into opponents constantly. And, you know, this was... This is a fine match. Nothing crazy. Nothing like, oh, this is an NXT TakeOver match. It was it was a match. Uh, I, I, nothing good. Nothing bad. It, 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 it was just there. But Dane and Maverick won and are now the number one contenders for the uh, NXT tag titles uh, that MSK currently holds. So we're continuing to set things up. And I like that they. this was a match that was kind of... I don't want to say thrown together, but it's a pre-show match. They're giving us a match, so we have something to get us ready. And it had stakes to it, Mike. It had a reason for happening. Um, I actually didn't watch this match. I, I, I kind of figured you didn't. Like I, I said, I had a lot. I'm working overtime this week, uh, extra hours every day. Not just like an extra day. I'm working extra hours on my days. So um, there was just some things that in this like viewing of NXT over two nights, I just had to make some choices, man. And and this was one of them. Yeah. No. Totally. And. No disrespect to these four guys, but if you right, had to skip right. one match, and here's the deal, <laughs> I'm gonna watch these matches. Like, and it's I I skipped this one in the women's tag team and the women's tag championship match. Right. I'm gonna watch these matches. I just needed to watch the important stuff before we did this. Yep, totally. Uh, pay attention. <laughs> I've really enjoyed uh, Dane and Drake's entrance music. Which, if you've been watching and seeing how he was trying to push this silly, gimmicky, like, happy music on Killian Dane, they use it, but now it, like, cuts into, like, some heavy metal for Killian Dane. It's a mixture, and it's hilarious, and I love it. <laughs> um, anyway, so we go to the main card. We get, which I forgot to mention the playing of America the Beautiful, or I'm sorry, the Star Spangled Banner by, I'm going to butcher her name so you can fix this for me, uh, Alice Cooper guitarist, Nita, is, is it Nina or Nita? Nina Van Strauss? Nina, I believe. Which she crushed on night one. And night two, we get Poppy returning to the Capitol Wrestling Center and performing a cover of, I believe, Adam Ant's Stand and Deliver uh, that was metal as fuck and I was scared and turned on at the same time so there's that uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd, then... I'd straight up straight up um, like if I was at a, like a metal show and she was like one of the acts on it um, my group of friends would boo her <laughs> I have no doubt but I enjoy what I, Poppy and, brings, and I. But I want to just point out that I hang out with like that I go to metal concerts with guys that play in like underground U.S. black metal bands and shit, right? And, and they think that like Static X is for pussies, right? Yeah, <laughs> no, I believe me, I I used to run in the same circles when I was in a band, so I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh Let's see. Funny thing is, we were the band that would have got booed. <laughs> anyway, uh, 
So we open the main night with, yeah. I bet those guys fucking hated your band. Oh my god, you were a new metal band with. I bet those guys fucking hated your band. You were a new metal band with two lead singers and wore masks. They fucking hated everything about you. That you know what they really hated was that you were headlining. Yep, and drawing a bigger crowd than all of them. But you know. Anyway, that's why U.S. black metal is called underground U.S. black metal. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, so we open. I'm talking Mike, all this shit, with... even though I got like a lot of fucking like <laughs> I got a lot of, like pins of the fire right now with black metal. Hey, it, it you, it's good to know. That's what was the problem with that scene is. Most of them don't know where they actually stand. And the ones that do get it and appreciate the other stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's like my dude who owns a black metal record label. He listens to new metal still. Like, he, you know what I mean? He listens to everything. He's just... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that guy, that scene's just very, uh, very clicky. Oh, we could do a three-hour podcast on this conversation, Mike. Seriously. Uh, maybe we'll do that sometime and put it under some other banner. Uh, <laughs> it'd be interesting. Anyway, so we open with the Cruiserweight Unification Ladder match, Mike. This match, Escobar, Devlin. I have wrote down crazy spots, scary spots, fantastic spots. What a way to start the show. Uh, man, did you, what did you think of some of those bumps that Devlin took? Whew. Whew, man. <laughs> that moonsault off the ladder, I thought he was cracking his skull. It might have just been the camera position, because when they showed it from above, he was had plenty of room. But that was insane. The Dude. final bump off the ladder, through the ladder, that was braced up on the turnbuckle. I mean, these two dudes wanted to show up and show out, and they did it, man. They, um... While I was watching this match, I was like, well, you know, when Shawn Michaels tells you you're in a ladder match, you fucking, <laughs> you fucking go big or go home, huh? Yeah. I, I would have to agree with that and for me the tweet of the night came from the twitter account dick van klondike when escobar and his running mates were up on the ramp after they won and i believe it was escobar's son that came out and he put his mask on him put the other championship over him and dick van klondike tweeted negative one okay Which I laughed out loud to. Anyway. <laughs> so then we move into the women's tag match. <clears throat> These teams in Fire Pit and The Way. <laughs> Fire Pit. They mesh really well with each other. And the respective teams, I think, mesh really well with each other. I like all four of these women. And again, we look at Indy, who is probably... Definitely for sure the least TV'd experienced, right? And she's just one of these 
women on this roster that every time you see her, she improves, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. Uh, and I think the chemistry between her and Candace is great. I think I, I wouldn't have been the only reason I would have been upset that these titles changed would be because they already changed once after immediately being established. So I think it's probably better that Shotzi and Ember keep it for a while to maybe show some dominance so that the next time they are one, it means a little more. Uh, yeah, man, Shotzi wrestles with reckless abandon for herself. And I love her. You know that. I've stated it. She scares the shit out of me, Mike. Did you see that bump into the barricade off of the... to the no. outside of the ring? Did watch the match. Did watch the match, remember? Oh. Okay, look for it. I can't remember exactly how it goes down, but it was scary. Um, But man, like I said, solid match. These four have good chemistry. I think they've had better matches against each other than this one, but it was still a good match, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense, of course. So then we move into the North. That's like uh, Benoit and Eddie, right? Like, every match yeah. you ever saw him have was good, but, like, you know, it wasn't their best match ever. Yeah, no, totally. Except for the, uh, one, that, except for the... the one that was. <laughs> except for the one that was. Moving to the North American title match, the winner of the Gauntlet Eliminator, Bronson Reed, facing the champion, Johnny Gargano. Uh, I also want to comment on how amazing the entire The Way faction's ring gear was, like, superhero base, like, Fantastic Four, Avengers, whatever you want to call it. They looked fantastic. Uh, Reed, very early, is sent into the announce table, abdominal first, the corner of the announce table. And this is, again, we're telling the story of, I'm starting to see a little uh, pattern here, of the smaller guy having to take on the bigger guy. Uh his stomach's not giving us problems through the entire match. And they're selling that. They're telling that story. Gargano's taking advantage of that. And, you know, theories out there with Gargano. And he's playing cost interference, being that annoying, you know, heel sidekick, taking it to the baby face. And Bronson Reed did a freaking moonsault. <laughs> off the top rope, which was incredible. Dude's got to go, what, 350? Oh, dude, that easily. And does a moonsault to perfection. Kind of put me in the mind of Vader. Vader used to do that all the time, didn't he? Yeah. And, I mean, it's just... So he Bronson Reed almost reminds me of a cross between Bam Bam Bigelow and Vader. And I think... He's one that I think maybe we put him on the main roster. I think Vince would eat this guy up in a good way. I think he would see his size and the way he moves and really, really like what he could offer. I think he'd be a great person to put on a SmackDown roster since we got Keith Lee on the Raw roster when he's healthy and returns. Uh, I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying... If we need to free some room up for Kushida to go for this North American title and clear that up, maybe Bronson Reed goes there. Because, uh, of course, Johnny wins. And it took him, and that's the other thing, 
We had the abdominal injury, and he hits two of his final beat finishers, the over-the-rope DDT, right in a row, like quick succession. He hit one, restarted to get up, and he picked him up and then did it again immediately to go for the pin, which we don't see it kind of play out that way. Usually we get a pin and a, a near fall, and it doesn't happen, and we got to do a finisher again. But he just hit him two right in a row. Bam, bam, go for the pin. One, two, three. Johnny keeps the title, and Johnny takeover. Man, super fun match. This was not one very... of his greatest takeover matches, but for the dynamic between these two, I this was a this was a Johnny classic. Regardless, John, every classic is a Johnny classic. It's true. Every it really is. match is a Johnny classic. Like the dude. We had a talk a, a while back about the Mount Rushmore NXT, and I think he has to be on it. Without oh, there's not a even a question at this fucking point. Fucking question at nope. this point. He mm. has to be on it. Yeah, I, I don't think it can even be debated at this point. And he just constantly, constantly delivers. Um, kind of like the pay per view, stand and deliver. See what I did there? Uh, so, <laughs> next we go into. Co-main event number one, the NXT title match. Carrying Cross challenging Finn Balor. Cross comes out wearing like a gladiator. I I would call it like a skirt. I don't I wouldn't call it that to his face, but I don't know what the technical term is for it. But he's got like gladiator like skirt and like boot dressings, and he just looks like a complete utter badass. Uh just Goddamn psycho. The entrance. Yeah, and the entrance every single time it, it it doesn't get old. I love it. I love the chemistry between the two, in Scarlet and Carrying Cross, and then the match starts. Mike, well, Finn Balor, I should have addressed, gets a pretty cool entrance. They show some pictures on the boards of his career through NXT. He comes out. He's not the demon, but he's got this the red X that he has on all his gear and on his shirts, painted on his chest like his own version of Gladiator War Paint. And then we get two Gladiators going at it, Mike. This match, another fantastic takeover match. And another storytelling match where you have the smaller Balor. And the announcers are putting it over. Balor knows he's not going to match power with him. He's going to try to use speed and endurance to take him out. And there was never a moment in this match where I didn't believe... Finn Balor couldn't beat Cross because of the way they wrestled. Would you agree with that? That's I totally agree with that, man. Totally agree with that. I had this talk with someone the other day, and they were like, man, Karrion Cross is fucking gigantic. And I was like, look, man, they're going to tell a really good story in the fucking ring. Like, Finn Balor mm -hmm. sells with people that are, like, this size. And I feel... If you recall, when we discussed the... Takeover 31, where Cross won but then got injured. I said it was a good match, but I expected more from him and Keith Lee. Maybe they didn't mesh well. Maybe they didn't have chemistry. I tell you what, you give, and this is no dig on Keith Lee because I really enjoy what he does, but you give Cross a guy that's smaller than him that can bump and can work technically, and it's fucking magic because that was spectacular, Mike. It really was. It really was. So, and I, that's another one where I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, or I would probably even say someone close to the same size, I'm sure. 
a, a cross Roman. You know what I mean? A a carrying cross and a Drew McIntyre. Some of the same people with Walter. I don't know if it's the style, but man, I feel like those would be insane main roster matches that I know it's not going to happen any, anytime soon as he's the NXT champion. And I don't know where this title picture goes, which we will touch on in a little bit. But carrying cross, your new NXT champion. We'll talk about Finn here in a little bit, but this match was absolutely outstanding. Uh, and I'm just going to jump to it. It was my match of the night for the night. Ah, uh, same. My match for the night. Same. Agreed. Yeah. And that is not to take away from what closed the night, which was the unsanctioned... Actually, Adam no, Cole, I take that back. Cow- this was my match of the night. Okay. Well, that see, you could almost do 1A1B, in my opinion. I gave it to Finn and Cross because I just enjoyed the wrestling story now we told a blood feud story in this other one and it was it was great too man so we get new music for both these guys which really upset me uh (laughs) even though i kind of like both of their songs and i probably need them to grow on me but it's that whole man it's really dead right like it's really gone that's what i thought and Adam Cole was being an arrogant prick asshole the entire time, and I loved every minute of it. And, and we get crazy spots, we get good wrestling, we get good storytelling. We get the the finisher stealer as Cal O'Reilly does the last shot to Adam Cole and can't get the victory. We get the spot through the entrance ramp, the grading. How fun was that? Uh, my only criticism would have been there were some places where maybe it was a little too slow dead spots but I honestly kind of want to slap back at myself for that because they were selling how brutal the match was right well yeah obviously that's that's how it works that would be my if I had one criticism that would be it and I don't think it's actually even that fair of a criticism I could just see where some people might say that match felt long um, but I think it personally for me, it worked. It, it's my one B. It has to be. Uh, I like the u- utilizing the chain in different ways, which I was like, well, this is weird that it's tied to the rope. But that like clothesline Cole did on him with that on O'Reilly was fantastic. I was waiting for one of the former undisputed members to get involved, and they I didn't. Didn't at all. I thought for sure it was going to happen. And. At first, I was like, huh. And now I'm kind of like, no, I like it. Because there's Tuesday, Mike. And there's time to tell more stories. And I don't think this is over by a long shot. No, there's lots of meat on this. There's lots yep. of meat left on this. Which is weird, because it's like, after an unsanctioned match like that, like, how is there more meat? But there is. There is. I Here's, here's why. This is my opinion, Mike. There's more meat because of two reasons. Because no one else got involved and because Kyle O'Reilly won. And left Adam Cole on a stretcher at the end of the night. That's true. And Adam Cole's the heel and he's the arrogant prick. And this is not going to set well with him. So there's more meat on the bones and something... I feel like... like I don't think this is Adam Cole going to the main roster. You know what I mean? I feel like this is, we're going to keep this story going as long as there's a solid chunk to it. Uh, 
and we'll go from there. And I almost want to say we're like only midway through this act. Uh, yes, at best midway, at best. Yep, yep. And I could be wrong, and plans change, but I don't think this is the end of this story by any means. Mike, Stand and Deliver was fan-freaking-tastic. It was a great two nights of wrestling. I I actually want to find... I... My buddy, uh... Did I get some info from? I'll keep his name out of it. I was messaging him... And I told, I texted him, I said, TakeOver felt almost magical. He said, I agree. It feels fresh for the first time in some time. And I said back, I love NXT. I don't buy into the talk that it's dropped off. But, yes, this felt different. Like, it's time to level up and take off running. And that's pretty much sums up how I felt about this show, Mike. Yeah, that's a solid way to put it, man. This was a great fucking way to open this... I mean, I know this didn't open this week, but this opened the in-ring action this week. And... Man, great two fucking nights. Not only that, but it's kind of like, Hey, uh, Raw and SmackDown, guys and girls. Follow that. And I really... Really hope they all watch that and reach into that pocket and pull out what they need to because if they even come 70% to it it's going to be a great Wrestlemania because again I almost feel a little I think the card's great for Wrestlemania which we'll touch on but I think it's one of those cards where the card's great but the build hasn't been fantastic and that might cause it to be a great Wrestlemania because I think a lot of people might not be expecting much and they might get more than they expected. And that usually puts on, or that usually results in a pretty good show. That always results in a pretty good show, Mike. Always. always. Mike, where, it, where do you... continues to kill it and give WrestleMania something they're going to have to talk. Yep, absolutely. Mike, where do you... Where do you see this NXT title picture going? Or or Finn or Cole O'Reilly? Like, can we still focus around those three? Throw in Pete Dunn, or, or do we do we push an LA Knight up that way? And that's why he didn't succeed. Like, where? Who do you think the players are on that main title for NXT? Uh, LA Knight, I think, is always. You've got Johnny Gargano, who could always move up. Chompa's always in the picture. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows what the fuck's happening with Finn Balor? Uh, he could get another shot. Um, did did is our? I mean, Kyle O'Reilly is that that cat? I feel has taken the step. Yeah. Up in the main event yeah. status, she got a lot of players, man. You got uh, what's his face? Mustache rapist. That dude could move up into the main event. Yep. I mean, you got a lot of yeah. talent on that roster. You got a whole roster of main eventers, man. <laughs> they, they really do. They're definitely in a healthy, healthy place when it comes to talent. Mike, we'll take one more quick break, and when we come back, let's uh, briefly and quickly get into uh, WrestleMania. Does that work for you? It works for me. All right, hang tight. We'll be right back. 
Now back to the two sexiest bald men talking wrestling on the interwebs. This is Drive-By. All right, Mike, two-night WrestleMania event coming up. As you're listening to this podcast later tonight, uh, it again, like we just briefly touched on, great card on paper, maybe not the best build, and that could definitely make for a special WrestleMania weekend. It's been announced as of Friday morning, I believe, by Stephanie McMahon that apparently the headline match for night one, the main event, is Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair. Which, I know there's been some debate and people thought it was going to be Drew and Bobby Lashley and there was a big movement for it to be Sasha and Bianca. Here's my thing. I think, unless the other story is just so much better, I think it should 100% always be whoever won the Royal Rumble, right? Yes, always. I always think that. And we have, if you're doing two nights, I don't know if they're going to keep it this way going forward. If you're doing two nights and you have a male and a female winner, then that's just how it should be. Whoever won a Rumble main events. And the only way that it gets trumped is if that's not hitting and the other story for the main ti- one of the main titles is, then you can switch it up, I guess. But, I mean, I don't think Bianca and Sasha's story has been great, but I know that the match will be great, and I'm excited for it. We, You think it's... you, you We're... I, I don't want to do picks for all these, but man, you think it's time to crown Bianca? I think it's her time, man. Yes, you have to. To this chick, kind of have to. Yeah, yep. Our other uh, major championship match: Bobby Lashley defending against Drew McIntyre. I don't want Bobby to lose, but I also feel like this is a make good for Drew from last year, where he had to win in an empty performance center. And that's not what they wanted. So I really, at this point, could see this going either way. Um, Then we're getting Bad Bunny and Damian Priest teaming up against Miz and Morrison. I've heard nothing but great things about Bad Bunny. He moved to Tampa to train like months ago and has been training because he wants to respect the business and do it right. And I, 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 you got to like the guy for that. He's not just showing up to get his name out there. This dude's so popular. I don't know who he is. I mean, I do now. I didn't before. I've never heard of this like dude. One of the... Turns out he's like a big deal. He's a huge deal. And we're old. So, yeah. hey, if he's showing up and respecting the business and there's people like Orton giving him credit for it, then I actually am really looking forward to see what he can do. I mean, fuck it. Let's see, you know, huh? He's going to probably pin The Miz, who is a former WWE champion, but hopefully it's after Damian Priest hits his finisher. Uh, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods of The New Day taking on AJ Styles and Omos. I'm curious to see what this dude can do. And I like the fact that we haven't seen anything from him, and then we're just going to be like, let's make them a tag team. Maybe this was a plan from the get-go. I know AJ was trying to get a match with Triple H, and Triple H didn't want to commit to it because he can't commit to their time to get in ring shape and I actually respect Triple H for that. Uh, it sucks because I'd like to see that match. Um, but yeah, man, I actually think we get tag- new tag team champions in this. I think that's why they took the titles off 
of the Hurt Business. Well, I thought that until they broke up the Hurt Business. But, yeah, so maybe not. But, I mean, if there's three guys that they can put almost with in a match, Xavier Woods, Kofi Kingston, and AJ Styles to maybe, you know, help this guy along, those are the three three. to do it. These would be the three. (laughs) All right, Braun Strowman and Shane McMahon in a steel cage match. I just don't care. This build has been horrible. The train noises are killing me. Uh, I am, at this current time, not a fan of anything that Braun's doing. And that hurts my heart because I really enjoyed the guy who flipped shit over all the time. And I just want to get back to that. Stop talking. Say cool things like get these hands. Not on an interview. Just out, you know, on a whim. And... Pick heavy things up and dump them over. That's what I want. But I'm sure we're going to get a cool Shane McMahon big bump, so that should be fun. Yeah, of course there will be that. But, I mean, like, whatever. (laughs) Cesaro getting a singles match at WrestleMania versus Seth Rollins. I think Seth puts him over. Yeah, I do too. I do too. There's there's got to be a reason we're doing this. There's something happening here with Cesaro. Yep. Uh, and it certainly doesn't hurt Seth. I know that I'm not saying that Seth has uh, a say in it, but him and Cesaro are good friends. And I, dude, I'm all for it. I like Cesaro. I don't necessarily see him as a world champ and doing getting a run, but if he can be pushed as a top tier upper mid card to even getting in that picture, I think fans will be super happy with that. Um, every, you'd how will they not be? Cause it's fans. Yeah. Well, cause they're fans. Yep. You said it. And then the other match listed, and I actually suggested this. I don't think I sent it to you and I wish I would have. And I was going to say it on a podcast and I didn't. They're doing what I was wanting them to do. A tag team turmoil match for the women's tag team championships. Night one. And then the winner faces the champs on night two. So night one, the match includes... Lana, it's the team of Lana and Naomi, Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose, the Riot Squad, and Natalia and Tamina. I've heard that uh, Carmella and Billy Kay will probably be added to this. And I wouldn't be upset if, I don't know, two of the three, four horsewomen that aren't doing anything uh, maybe decide to form a tag team and win these titles in Charlotte and Bailey. Oh, Oh, I never I'm not saying that. it's going to happen. I'm just throwing it out there, Mike. I mean, it's an interesting thought, Mike. <laughs> I try. And then night two headline by the triple threat WWE title match, Roman Reigns defending against edge and Daniel Bryan. I think we all win in this situation, Mike. Roman's doing the best work of his career. Daniel Bryan is always stellar in the ring. And then Edge, I think having two people to play off of will help him. Uh, I'm not saying that he's old or out of shape or has ring rust, but he's still getting back into this game. And I think a triple threat probably isn't the worst option. And I... 
I don't want Roman Reigns to lose this title yet. But if he did, and it was to Edge or Daniel Bryan, specifically Daniel Bryan, I wouldn't be that upset about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, this is one of those matches where I don't even care who wins, and if I'm 100% honest. Because they're all good. They all have a story that you can tell after that. And I like all three of these characters, wrestlers, whatever you want to call it. So I'm all for it. And we're getting Rhea Ripley challenging Asuka for the Raw Women's title. Rhea is getting play, her entrance played in by the musician who sings it, which I can't think of her name, which automatically makes me think they're keeping this title on Asuka. Because <laughs> isn't that usually what happens? Oh, fuck. I didn't think about that. I know it's not a very good track record. Uh, this is another one where, honestly, I don't mind who wins. I, I love Asuka. I love Rhea Ripley. Uh, if Rhea Ripley won, this would be a, here, we put her on the main roster and we strapped a rocket to her. Let's see if the fans now hate her, because that's what always seems to damn happen. You either don't push them enough, or you push them too late, or you push them too slow, and the fans hate it either way. Uh, then we're getting The Fiend with Alexa Bliss versus Randy Orton. This looks like it's going to be a match, Mike. I mean, okay. I haven't seen anything to make me think otherwise. I mean, clearly the Fiend has to win this, right? Uh, he would have to, yeah. And he probably takes Randy Orton off of TV for a while. I I'm just spitballing here. Something happens to get Randy out of here. It's probably about time for him to take a nice family vacation for a while. Could be wrong. I'm just... I. I it just makes sense to me. Uh, Apollo Crews defending the IC title. I'm sorry. Big E defending the IC title against Apollo Crews in what they're calling a Nigerian drum fight. I don't know what that means other than I've been told that it means anything goes. So it's a no-holds-barred, hardcore, extreme rules, whatever you want to call it. They just gave it a different name. <laughs> it's what we always do in WWE. I will say I enjoy this new character uh, that Apollo Crews has adapted. It's actually probably the best thing for him because he's really good and he just seemed like he had no personality. And now he does. So, hey. Uh, then we're getting Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn on WrestleMania, Mike. Really? Logan Paul, the YouTuber, will be in the corner of Sami Zayn, which, of course, makes everybody hate it. But, again, Logan Paul has, like, 22 million subscribers on YouTube, guys. Uh, and we've seen Sami and Kevin a million times. So, adding something little wrinkle here isn't going to take away from the match. It just isn't. Dude, He's probably so... going to get powerbombed by Kevin Owens. So incredibly out of the loop with what's happening. Don't think the build up for WrestleMania this year. <laughs> okay, so Sami Zayn's had this film crew following him around. I'm sure you're aware of that. He's been filming this conspiracy documentary about how everybody is against him. And Kevin Owen recently has been kind of spurning that and saying, you just got to look at yourself. He had Logan Paul come to do a red carpet debut of his trailer. Because he reached out to Logan Paul on Twitter, wanted him to see the footage that he had, and Logan Paul was like, yeah, they are screwing you. And that's how all this kind of went down. 
So. Oh, I'm not happy about this Logan Paul thing. But okay. It'll be fine. I'm telling you, it'll be fine. Uh, Riddle, U.S. champion, defending against Sheamus in a uh, straight-up singles match. These two are going to beat the shit out of each other. It's going to be a fun match, and I think Riddle retains. Uh, They're really leaning into the stoner thing with Riddle, and I'm surprised. And uh, some people don't like it. I fucking love it. And I'll say this so it's on audio. I don't know if the Hall of Fame inductees are still in Tampa like they usually are for WrestleMania. If they are, and they don't do a backstage skit where a door opens and Riddle and RVD are in a smoke-filled room, then they are missing the absolute boat. Um, <laughs> uh, I think everybody that regularly listens to this show knows where I stand on this. <laughs> <laughs> and then the final match, the winner of the tag team turmoil match on night one will face Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler for the tag team titles. Kind of hard to talk about a match that you don't know who the opponent is. Um, I'd like to see somebody else win these titles. I'm just not a fan of Nia Jax. There's just, I, there's just no way, nice way to say it. Uh, and I'd like to see this cause a split and I'd like to see Shayna Baszler destroy her, uh, and move Shayna back into singles. I would love to see Shayna fucking destroy her. <laughs> so, I yeah, would love to see Shayna so, destroy everyone. You know that. Yeah, well, obviously. Uh, that's what's on tap for WrestleMania, man. I think it's going to be... It has the potential to be a really awesome show. Uh, like I said... Seems like the build wasn't the best, so with a card that looks decent to good to possibly great, depending on how things go. I mean, you got a single Cesaro match, you got Sammy, Sammy Zayn and Kevin Owens, you got Killer Triple Threat, you got Bianca versus Sasha, which has potential to possibly be match of the weekend, right? Or WrestleMania, I don't think anything's going to beat Walter and Champa, but I mean... If you really look at the card and just ignore everything else, ignore the the build maybe wasn't the best, I think we have a possible WrestleMania, what is it, 32, where the build was crap, but the show was awesome? Um, Was it 32? I, I think that's what most fans, I used air quotes, say. Uh, that was where... Uh, that Was that the cash-in? Yeah, that was the one with that. That where the cash was yeah. saved. Yeah. So, and and the the card as well, I think, was a fairly well received card after it all went down. So, I don't know. I think we have possibly a sleeper mania on our hands. We will see after this weekend, and I'm sure we will discuss all that next week. But this week, Mike, is there anything else you want to say to these fine, fine people? Nope, I've got nothing. Well, guys, I say this every week. It's been real. It's been fun. We'll catch you next time. You guys are beautiful. We love you. Have a great week. New episodes of Drive-By are available every Saturday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and everywhere podcasts are found. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash drivebypod. And follow us on Twitter at drivebypod. This has been a presentation of the Nearfall Network. Until next time. Bye.